So in a crazy whirlwind day, apparently the Pac-12 is quote-unquote dissolving. And in the meanwhile, UCLA, according to Vegas, has a starting quarterback that is probable over the other. All this and more on Locked On UCLA. You are Locked On UCLA, your daily podcast on the UCLA Bruins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to the Locked On UCLA podcast. I'm your host, Zach Anderson Yoxheimer. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Making Your First Listen each and every day. It's free where we get your podcast, and it's available on YouTube. Thanks for your support. Like, comment, and subscribe. Become an everyday listener of the Locked On UCLA podcast because when news drops, we will be here. It's been a year since UCLA and SC decided to go to the Big Ten. And all the fallout that has happened because of that, of course, you can throw in Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC as the big first domino, UCLA and USC saying, hey, we're not going to kick around, stay here and kick rocks and eventually go, only to have this now big domino on the recording of this podcast fall that Colorado is leaving the Pac-12 to return to the Big 12 before Big 8, all those things, and return to its former conference when it left to come to the Pac-12 when we thought, oh, the Pac-12 will become some super cool conference. So I'm kind of going to sit here initially and dive into how much of this is UCLA's fault. Initially, you saw all these schools going back and forth, conference realignment, slowly but surely, Big Ten, Big 12, SEC. We remember if you had the big addition, the, remember almost more than a decade ago, we almost had the Pac-16 with Texas and Oklahoma and more coming to the West Coast, right? Only for that to fall through, and eventually it became the Pac-12, Utah and Colorado. And you could say Utah's been a nice member, adding on for football-wise. They've been a, a you know Pac-12 champion. You've got Colorado, who's sitting there, and they really haven't had the most success in, in their Pac-12 tenure. But now with all the excitement of Deion Sanders, you wonder, all right, did UCLA, did they make the right move, jumping ship at the right time? Arguably, if SC left, you could stay. That's why the Pac-12 held on to UCLA for so long, right? Then you had the border regions, who are the UC regions, who are holding on so desperately to keep UCLA and Berkeley in the same conference, keep UCLA on the West Coast. If you remember all that drama, once this broke down, going into the winter, and before it finally was able to show that, well, UCLA's got to pay that little mini tax, and they're going to the Big Ten, and it's the big money grab, the big move to stay relevant and leave what is now a crumbling, if not completely broken, conference at the moment that Colorado leaves in 2024 to return to the Big 12. I think that UCLA, if they stayed in the Pac-12, not that that's going to happen, that the conference probably could have stayed alive. You've got a big brand. You have the West Coast. UCLA SC could have turned into some super uber non-conference battle. And now you sit here and you wonder, hey, how, what could have happened? What could have been just a little over a year or a year plus that UCLA announced that they're going to the Big Ten. And I've gone on here saying it's a good move. You can get out of that financial debt they were in the athletic department because of the failed deals. And while there's going to be a lot more stress on the student athletes in a lot of the 
non-football sports, right? Every sport that has to travel for to Big Ten country and compete against those schools is going to see a, a new livelihood in what it's termed to be a student athlete from 2023 on, at least in 2024, when the Bruins officially move. And just all this conference realignment, right? You wonder what's going to happen to the Pac-12. What's the Rose Bowl game going to look like when the, you know, whole thing going to be? I know it's going to be a playoff game and a semifinal. But remember, the Rose Bowl used to be the Pac-10, Big Ten, or all, you know, those West Coast versus Midwest schools battling it out. And now it's going to be a glorified semifinal tournament NCAA playoff game in what used to be a rivalry between the West Coast and Midwest football. All this when UCLA decided to jump ship with USC. It's just a crazy time to sit here and wonder what happens in this crazy thing that we call collegiate athletics, right? The NCAA certainly doesn't have a real stronghold on what's going on. The conferences, you could argue so many things about George Klyovkov trying to take over for, you know, take over as the commissioner of the Pac-12, but there's just so many things that have just really gone into this crumbling of the Pac-12 that it might cease to be an existing conference. We've seen the WAC go die and come back to life in a different version, right? Especially what they're trying to do with their football conference as they've revitalized as a conference. But the Pac-12 is not some teeny tiny mid-major conference. They're a power five that is on the verge of crumbling. And a lot of eyes and fingers will be pointed towards UCLA. And the USC might get off the hook. UCLA might get a lot of the blame. I know there's the the whole television deal. There's the lack of exposure. There's been the lack of winning in primetime moments in the big, quote-unquote, money-making sports when it's come down to it. Remember, it's been a long time since a, a team, a Pac-12 team, a West Coast team, has won a, an NCAA championship. Add on that for college football, right? Not as long in college football, but still, it's been a long time since this West Coast has been relevant winning championships, let alone in baseball. Remember, UCLA won a decade ago when it came to winning in a baseball championship. So just those sports, let alone others, it's been a long time since everybody's been relevant. And there might be a lot of pointing fingers at UCLA, but at some point you've got to make the right move. And Martin Germain analyzed this situation. They probably had a whole room of everybody has been on record talking about different little parts of the move to the Big Ten, the good, the bad, the ugly, everything that went into his mind on various shows. And it comes down to it's a changing landscape, a completely changing landscape in college sports. And it's maybe not one that we can all like, especially if you're a traditional fan and if you're liking the idea of geographic rivals where it just makes more sense travel-wise just slowly build into a cross-country championship in the, the middle of the country, whenever you play a national ch- title in whatever sport, but traditional college football, basketball, traditional college athletics, and their conference opponents is completely changed. All because possibly UCLA decided to jump ship and join UCLA, USC, excuse me, and go to the Big Ten. It's the right move. It was the correct move. And considering how the Pac 12 hasn't come out with a media deal, a media rights deal. All these other schools have been debating leaving. San Diego State was basically on the verge of coming to the Pac-12, and then they're going back to the Mountain West. Everything is falling apart. No, the sky is not falling, but it is on the Pac-12 conference, and the Bruins got out of it in the nick of time, if not made the sky fall upon its own 
former longtime conference. So here we are just coming off of what could be the very last Pac-12 media days that had all this hype and talk about Pac-12 football that might cease to exist in the next year plus, depending on how things turn out. Will other schools join the Big Ten? Those are a lot of rumors, a lot of talk, things that aren't official are official. That's why we're here to talk and just sit here as UCLA fans and admire the situation you're in, right? Sit here and wondering, we probably don't like this. You'd like to see it, this whole world not crumble apart in, in the college conference realignment days, the NIL days, the, the college football playoff days. But in the end, the Bruins had to make their move, and they made it at the right time, and they weren't reactive. They were proactive. That's been the quote. Not reactive, but you have to be proactive. And the Bruins came out and said, this is what we have to do in order to be competitive in the future. Only time will tell how that plays out. But, you know, we're going to sit here. And now we're going to talk about, eh, what, what do we think about Colorado leaving the Pac-12? and Give more thoughts moving on here in this Locked On UCLA show. And we'll get to that in the second segment. But first, we're going to tell you more about LinkedIn Jobs. Because if you're a small business owner, the hiring, every new potential hire, is a high-stakes wager. It may feel like that if you're a small business. You want to be 100% certain you have access to the best qualified candidates available. You must check out LinkedIn Jobs because it helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. You can use screening tools that makes it easy to focus on the right candidates, who you'd want to interview, and then hire, which is why the small businesses rank LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. All you have to do is go to LinkedIn Jobs, which helps you find those qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. LinkedInJob.com slash LockedOnCollege. You can post your job for free. LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Cruising on into segment two of Locked On UCLA, this is going to be more of a free-flowing segment, right? Just a lot of information and thoughts coming out and you know, I want you guys to comment. What are your thoughts, right? There's not really something to grab a hold of. Ever since we've known UCLA's in this little limbo land waiting to go to the Big Ten, leaving the Pac-12, Colorado, who you could argue has been a useless member of the conference, other than some might say being a doormat, other than the excitement of Deion Sanders coming to the program for one year in the Pac-12, it's just crazy, right? How everything turned, how Colorado went from, Hey, what are they doing? One of the worst teams in the PAC 12, arguably in the country, you get Deion Sanders. And then all of a sudden they're moving to back to the big 12 and the conference that we know at the PAC 12 is come and gone. It's done. I just, I don't really know what to think. There was rumors about Colorado having these meetings and then at the recording, right prior to the recording of this podcast, you have all of a sudden this big breaking news. Not only have they their board of regents approved it, there's, I believe, a letter out that says, hey, they're back. They're, it's official. They're moving back to the Big 12 in 2024, which makes you wonder, how competitive will Colorado be in 2024? How competitive will UCLA be in 2024 with all these teams either moving to new conferences or returning in Colorado's case that says, hey, it's just one big moment, right? UCLA went from competing in the Pac-12, all of a sudden getting a Dante Moore, a Midwest product, flipping to UCLA once they announced they were moving to the Big Ten within a six-month span. And now he's battling to try and win the starting quarterback job, which we'll touch on a little later in the show. 
which makes you wonder what's the impact for Colorado going back to Big 12 country, right? What is, what's the impact recruiting-wise, for better or for worse, for all these teams flip-flopping back and forth? I'm not sure what Colorado ever brought to the Pac-12. That's you know some some rush, some rough thoughts, um, some harsh thoughts off the top of my head. In the end, they're probably more exciting post-Pac-12 days and pre-Pac-12 days, other than their decade-plus stint hanging on the West Coast, clinging for any sort of success that the rest of the conference got. UCLA is probably the domino that swung Colorado to the, the Big 12. Let's think about it. If UCLA stays, Colorado's probably not thinking about leaving. They got the big splash higher and bringing Deion Sanders into Boulder. And then they realized they got to do something for their own athletics, right? They completely changed their own admission system to allow Sanders come in to bring in all these transfers, doing the Chip Kelly transfer portal recruiting on steroids as they transition into a new era in their athletics department. But was it UCLA that helped push them that way? I think so. If for some reason the UC regents were able to win that super battle, the lawsuit and everything to keep UCLA in the Pac-12, I'm not entirely sure that you've got Colorado leaving to the Big 12 in this day and age to go make this move that they think is better for their programs overall. I just don't think that happens. But that's not what happened. UCLA has moved to the Big 10, which will be a whole nother can of worms as they prepare to see new college athletes, see new life in college athletics post Pac-12 death, maybe a resurrection of sorts, but I just don't see it happening at this very moment with the conference sitting at nine teams heading into 2024. I'm just not sure how that's going to go. And I think UCLA might be to, to blame there. Uh, not to say it's anything wrong. The Bruins made the right move and you could argue Colorado's doing the right move with all these crazy different things Man, what a day and age. You just have to hit it in the comments. I want to see what your thoughts are, and we can maybe bring them up in an upcoming episode of Locked On UCLA because I'm just sitting here stunned at what's going on in this day and age of college athletics. I don't really know what's going on. It's just it's just crazy. And, of course, you know what's going on, but just the, the flip-flopping. Who's the next domino to fall? Does San Diego State go to the Pac-12? Are they completely scared off saying, ah, the Mountain West might be better to stay in and that might be a better conference than the Pac-12 years ago. Not going not gonna to happen, but what are the combinations? Is the Big 12 and Pac-12, Pac-9, Pac-10, Pac whatever it's going to be, are they going to have a super conference of their own and try to compete with the Big 10s of this day and age, the SECs, right? That's the next goal for what the Pac-12 has to do. They're going to have to have a merger probably just to be relevant. Are they going to be the Big Pac? And that's a conference, you know, not the big 20, the big pack. I don't know. Those are all thoughts to sit and decipher and wonder about as we sit here looking into the next day and age of college athletics. That's enough of my rambling. We're done. It is what it is. We've got some starting quarterback stuff to talk about because Vegas has released some odds as to who they favor UCLA might start at quarterback with Chip Kelly coming in and not exactly naming a starter at Pac-12 Media Days. Let's talk about it coming up next on Locked On UCLA. Final segment of the Locked On UCLA podcast, a lot of rambling based on the talk about the movement in college athletics. UCLA, it's been said and done for a while now, but Colorado now moving to the Big 12. I just thought I'd just kind of sit here and sit some thoughts back and forth. But one of the things that happened over the last couple of days, yet Vegas released some odds 
about who they expect to be UCLA's starting quarterback when they play Coastal Carolina. I know the big thing has been who's going to replace DTR, who is coming off of some good numbers in 2022, having some career record-breaking numbers, passing some UCLA legends of years previous, even heading into that final bowl game. But now there's all this question marks, right? The last year, the Pac-12 with the Bruins could try and compete, maybe be the last true Pac-12 winner before the conference crumbles to the ground or merges or becomes some new version of itself. You got this battle, which came in, looked like Dante Moore, the five-star freshman, the hype machine, Garbers, the wily veteran who transferred in a while ago and has been sitting and waiting for this moment where he can still start and have an opportunity to do so. And then you've got Colin Schley, the transfer who's got the most on-field experience at the D1 level, who's got some hype as well, but maybe is falling off in terms of this battle for who's going to be the starting quarterback. This is what it's looking like. Schley maybe being that number three. You've got Dante Moore, who Chip Kelly quoted, was quoted, I'm not going to say direct quotes, but paraphrase quotes as saying, I am not saying that, you know, I'm not going to commit to a freshman quarterback. I am not ever doing that. I don't come here and say, I'm going to commit to that. That is not a direct quote, but that's the sentiment with what he said, especially at the media days. He's not going to go and name some young superstars, the quarterback, despite the pressure by fools like me who want Dante Moore to start. And yes, especially playing sports growing up, you want the guy who earns the job to do it. I just think, you know, at this point, college football's turned to more of a business. You want to see what you have before whatever. But Garbers, who's been in the system, maybe has a little bit more ability to calm his teammates down at this point, being an older quarterback in the system, having gone through all the movement going from Washington to UCLA and playing in a couple of games, some late game moments where he's even led UCLA to the lead, especially that bowl game, just hasn't had his opportunity, right? This could be a storybook season where if UCLA scores points, you got Garber sitting there. It could be one of those teams that comes out of nowhere and shocks the rest of the country, which is why maybe Vegas is currently favoring Garbers to be the starting quarterback. This is what Kelly said, quote, what I'm hopeful is over time with the training reps they get is that someone rises up a little bit over somebody else and it's to the point that everyone can see that which means that the former Husky over the last two years who's seen limited action in 11 games, one start against Utah in 2021, has an opportunity to beat out the number four recruit in the class of 2023 or 22, excuse me, whatever year it is. I'm, I'm so lost. It's already about to be August. Whatever it is, the, the most recent recruit in the country and Dante Moore, top five recruit in the country, and beat him out when he has an opportunity to win the job. I went talking about how Chip Kelly has a tendency to lean towards the veteran options, the, the options who he see, he's seen before over and over again, initially went with Michael Vick, has gone with older quarterbacks, but he does know the value of the young, talented superstar that maybe Dante Moore might be in waiting, although it seems like it is Ethan Garbers, according to Vegas, basically that he is the one leading in the clubhouse you can take with that as you will. There's been no official reports one way or the other. Chip Kelly won't let that slip. We got to wait till fall camp, and maybe that can change. But, you know, what, what Vegas says might be true. I'm not entirely sure, but that's something to take a note on that 
you've got Garbers getting the early nod potentially to start the season as the starting quarterback. I think there could be as many as three to four starting quarterbacks if everything goes crazy. Three, maybe two. It all depends on how the Bruins play going forward and what their win-loss record looks like heading into the first couple of games in Pac-12 play and how the quarterbacks have either been cycled in or they sit here waiting for a big moment to shine or fall one way or the other. In the end, I've always said I'm in favor of Dante Moore. Vegas says it's Garbers, and I just can't wait for them to show who's the starting quarterback on week one. I know Chip Kelly's going to take as long as possible to announce it. Then Bolts will do his job. Everybody's going to do their jobs to try and pick at the pieces and see if Chip Kelly gives any little crumbs as to who's going to start. That's just not going to happen. Absolutely not going to happen. So it's never going to be someone being picked over for being the talent as opposed to who's better in practice. Chip Kelly at Pac-12 Media says, our job has never been to keep people happy. I think the way you keep every team and your entire team happy is that you're fair with everybody and then things are won on the field. That's a partial quote there from Chip Kelly, which in the meantime means it's still up for grabs, but someone's got to jump for it. Vegas thinks it's Garber's, and I just can't wait to see how it goes, which is why you've got to become an everyday listener of the Locked On UCLA podcast. Sit there, hit that button, slam on it, get excited, get crazy, and get wild and nutty with me. All right, hit that subscribe button, hit the like button, hit the, you know, whatever it is. If you've got a type of enabling or a comment because you're having a bad day, just throw it in there and then maybe delete it because then you got to throw in a happy comment to counteract the, the negativity, right? Only positivity here. But I know it's a, a fun, windy road. College football is just around the corner. UCLA fans, get your hands up. Eight clap time, baby. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. You see. LA. UCLA fight, fight, fights. This has been Locked on UCLA. Go Bruins.